Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adesia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. We are rounding off Murder March with a movie I think will somehow still be related to our May choices. It feels, it feels like it's, it, I feel like. It feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Um, but in case you're wondering what that is, we're watching Repo, or we watched Repo, and now we're going to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was mentioned on the podcast, or like you just said it to me during our recording session one I- time. I, I don't remember myself. I feel like I said it. Like it, in, it in might so, right. In in and around Halloween at some point, but I don't know if I said it on the podcast. No, um, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you might have said it on the the cursed episode. So like the cursed. Episode. Yeah, I think you might have said it then. Uh, <laughs> Are but we he's just not check. naming it anymore? Are we just not calling that movie a thing anymore? It's just a curse in the essence of it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the new thing. It's the cursed episode. Oh my god. Okay, oh. but before 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 we say anything else, yes. this movie, better or worse? I enjoyed this so much more. Like okay, good. All right. Heaps and we heaps can continue. and heaps and heaps more. Like I cannot. It it was a great time. Anyways. Um, okay. So good. yes, I yeah, took a lot I was of notes. So concerned. <laughs> oh wow! Really? Okay. Because yeah, I was saying a lot of things out loud, and I was like, actually, I don't want to forget these things. Um, <laughs> and by a lot of notes, I mean like maybe fifteen things. But like you know. Uh, that's still a lot. That's so much more than I usually do. So that, this is it what really we're working is. with today. You may start us off. Okay, oh wait, actually, uh, well, history. We didn't do that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't forget. I didn't I did. forget. It's fine. <laughs> what is your history? So, um, my history is never any different. I watch this on television. It was very eye-opening. Also, I think I saw a very censored version of it because this was a lot more than I remembered. (laughs) I think the version I saw was just a bit chopped up and a bit more heavily censored because there's a lot more gore in this movie than I recalled. And I was eating, so... (laughs) I love that for you. (laughs) I I got like thirty minutes in and I had to really consider my choices. I was like, mm, yes, okay, but, but it was fine. I was, I think a majority of people who watch this movie are in love with the grave robber, and I feel like I was really no different uh, <laughs> at the time. It's just like. Ah, I don't know what my type is, but he seems to be a part of it. Just <laughs> note that down. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, no, I, I just remember enjoying it when I saw it. And then 
like acknowledging the fact that Paris Hilton was there at some point. Yeah. And then it was, oh wait, no, that's that's Spy Kids girl. What's happening? Okay. <laughs> Spy Kids. <laughs> like girl. it took me it took me a second. Well yes, I didn't I I know her name is Alexa Vega, okay? <laughs> I know. But at the time Right. Fair enough. <laughs> like, Fair enough. Just just bear with me. Um and also there's a sudden Joan Jet, and I was yeah, like, um, yeah. But also, I, that's a note. I took a note because I like out loud said it, and I was like, "Am I, am I crazy?" <laughs> oh no. Um, how about you, history? Um. Well, like I said, you mentioned it to me around the time of the cursed episode. Um, possibly mm-hmm. during that time, like that exact day. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't remember what it is that I said that sort of triggered you to tell me about it. Um, but I think it was probably something along the lines of like, they didn't commit hard enough to something. And you were like, well, you might like Repo. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. That is my whole history. <laughs> So, I guess I'll just start off. Go off. This movie came out in 2008. It was um, based on a musical that one of the creators... Well, there's two creators. One of them is in the movie. He plays um, the Grave Roberts. <laughs> you know, it's a whole thing. Um, but it's based off a musical that they made in 2002. I guess it's like no way to get around how it kind of starts i will say uh if you like kind of rocky horror ish kinds of things this gives like a similar kind of feeling Mm -hmm. in the way that certain things are portrayed i think it also there's like so we maybe (laughs) i say this like but only barely, like a Scott Pilgrimy thing with the whole comic structure mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, because it starts off with like expositional I just, comic. I, I love I love the comic book exposition in between the movie because mm-hmm. they give you the exposition and then immediately following, there's a sort of song that tells you about what you just saw in the exposition. <laughs> So I'm just like, ah, we have both showed and told. Thank you very much. But yes, so we start off, it says in the not too distant future, um, it's 2056. I think one of the posters says at the time, but it gives you like this whole spiel about how a lot of people's um, organs have been failing and then Gene Co appeared and saved everyone by offering organ transplants but then it turns out that there's like when you sign the contract it allows them to repossess the organs from you like it their cars and things and then the repo men like physically come and take it from your body while you're alive like it's not like oh you go into a clinic and you give it back like no they come and hunt you down i guess because most people are unwilling to give up the organs that they have acquired yep (laughs) um 
but it's it's like very violent action. Gene Co. is owned by uh, Rotti Largo, who I guess his name is a play on Pavarotti, uh, who is like a very big like opera singer person thing. Which, by the way, like, but, a little bit later, like, when he sings, I, I was, like, super surprised. Because, like, up until that moment, which we'll talk about, I guess, when we get there, he was doing mostly mm-hmm. recitative. And it was, so I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, he's going to rap the whole thing? Okay, cool. Like, almost, almost everyone, and I say almost <laughs> very carefully... Almost everyone in this movie can sing really well. Yeah. Like, they have Sarah Brightman in this thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, opera singer Sarah Brightman, she's just, she's, she's just in it. Like, when I first watched it, when I first watched it, I did not know who she was. I will be very honest. I had no fair. idea. But now, <laughs> I'm fully aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But. Great times. <laughs> yes, so uh, as I was saying, owned by Rati Largo, who is an older gentleman and he is actually terminally ill. We don't get what his disease is, but he's terminally ill. And his three children, who are Luigi Pavi and Amber Sweet, Amber changed her name from Largo to Sweet, um, are the ones up for inheritance but we'll get into their characters later consider a lot um yeah so after our comic intro we then get a sort of narrative informational thing from the grave robber who is like the first proper person we get introduced to he is singing genetic repo man when he's grave robbing no. Oh, this is way before, right? Oh, when yes. no, this is when he's like talking to us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Got it. This is the fourth wall break. This is. <laughs> Most of that song is kind of him talking. Oh. Yes, it is. I think. Okay. Those moments specifically to me are not the necessarily the best in the movie. I don't mm-hmm. hate them. It's just like they're just like I don't know. I I understand they're trying to get a lot across um, as straightforward as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's not as like lyrically interesting, I guess, as like the mm-hmm. rest of the songs. Um, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is the whole musical just going to be people talking, but just like <laughs> on pitch? Like, you it's... know? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it does that um, classic thing where they like sing like a piece of a song. And it's not like a whole song, but it's just like we're going to talk. And this in the background is the melody for this song that will come up maybe three songs later. And, you know, it's just like a thing to establish. After, um, after Genetic Repo Man, where we actually get like established proof of like a Repo Man hunting down a woman and like killing her and taking out her still beating heart, as was mentioned in the song, then we get like the full view of Gene Co. 
as I mentioned, uh, Rati and his children. He has these two, like, women bodyguards that are just, like, I don't know. They shoot the messenger when the doctor comes to inform Rati that his yep. uh, disease is gonna kill him. Yep. Which is so intense. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, starting off strong. And then... We love it. <laughs> when, uh... After Rotti leaves and he talks about how his kids are like all awful and none of them deserve it, we then cut to see, I guess, another, the, the main protagonist of the movie. I mean, is she a protagonist? I guess she is. But it's Shiloh, who is the daughter of uh, Nathan Wallace, who is, as we find out, like, a bit later, the Repo Man. <laughs> but she is very ill. She has a blood disorder and she's not permitted to go outside. But she sneaks down to where her mother's grave is. I guess just to hang out sometimes. I don't know, just to be like as outside as she can be. She pulled out like a sandwich to eat and then she spotted the bug. And was like, ah, oh, perfect. Yes, this one. She has a book of insects. She seems to be a sort of collector, which I guess is meant to like reflect her self being kind of trapped on display, um, which not really on display because no one sees her except her father. But you know, like caged yeah. in a box, much like Joanna. She's just like trapped, you know, locked away forever. Yeah. The themes carry through. We have murdering fathers and cage bird daughters. <laughs> she, <laughs> she spots the insect and, well, well, we thought Joanna's mother was dead, but turns out she wasn't. But like Shiloh's mother is like actually dead. Still. She spots the insect and follows it outside into the proper graveyard where she stumbles upon armed guards looking for grave robbers. We see a sign that says grave robbers will be a shot on sight or something akin to that. And then we meet the grave robber who is just singing his way through collecting Zydrate. Now mentioned in that spe- spiel earlier was the fact that Zydrate is a new drug that was uh, invented to help with surgeries and the illegal trade of such has become very popular because it can be dis- extracted directly from dead bodies. Like it doesn't break down, I guess. So, uh... That is what he is in the process of doing. He is actively going into these graves and taking these bodies out so he he can extract the zydrate from the brains of the individuals. While he is doing that, I think we have in the background of that... So we have carryover from things you see in a graveyard, which is like high up in the air. And then 21st Century Cure, which is what uh, the grave robber is singing to Shiloh about what he's doing. (laughs) It's the 21st Century Cure. And it's my job (laughs) to steal and rob or something like that. 
Um, there, this is where I took my first note. There's a moment where he says, below, or sings below, and I out, I just went, yes, below. <laughs> I don't know why, but like that below really got to me. I was like, yes, go off this thing. While this is happening, they are actively trying to escape from uh, these officers. Shiloh ends up getting caught after the grave robber has stumbled into like this huge mass dumping ground gravesite um but she gets caught and it so happens that uh someone tells them to leave her alone and the repo man comes and pushes the guards away as her blood pressure monitor starts to go off when we next see uh Shiloh, I have a question before is... we <laughs> we move on there um did the grave robber use a body to break down the concrete? Yes, what was, he did. Oh, okay, because like I was like, wait, I'm sorry. How hard is that body? <laughs> and I needed to confirm with you because I was like, maybe I'm using it. But okay, cool. No, he 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 fully slammed that body up against the um. I don't know if it was full concrete, but he did he did that. Mm-hmm. but yes next we have uh shiloh awakening and i so when i when i first watched this movie and again when i watched it this time i saw shiloh in the graveyard and i said my god they have no wig budget because <laughs> i i know i know i made I the know. note later uh, <laughs> But not that much later. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this wig is sitting so strangely on Alexa Vega's head. Like, it's really obvious that it's a wig. Cut to her in bed bald. I was like, oh. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know how I managed to completely forget the fact that she has a disease. You know, that she has no hair. But, you know, we live and we learn. So <laughs> Shiloh wakes up and her father is there and he is checking on her condition. Shiloh is trying to recall if everything that happened was real and he's trying to convince her that it, it didn't happen and that she was dreaming because she wasn't supposed to be outside but eventually it comes around and he gets frustrated enough to say that he, he was scared to death for her mm. being outside then we get the exposition that she inherited the blood disease from her mother who has passed away mm-hmm. and that Shiloh is um, all that uh, Nathan her father has left and he's trying uh, so hard to protect her yeah i guess he like dad comes in and he's like blah 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 and then he's like i am the doctor i am the father and then um i don't know why but her interjections i flew into orbit i don't know why but, like, <laughs> like her weak 
like because she's meant to be weak or whatever right I just, yeah and just like dad what happened i don't know what about it i was like and then and then she went full voice at some point and i was like oh thank god um i wasn't sure i was ready to like listen to an entire musical centering this child if she listens all she's gonna be singing um yeah oh my god I, I mean, I'm pretty sure she was instructed to sound like that. Of course, yeah, no, that makes sense. Happen. <laughs> I don't know. That line fully sent me. <laughs> oh my god! And then I, um, my next note is that way. Yes, capitals, exclamations, <laughs> very many of them. Next, we get infected, which is. Shiloh singing about how she hates that she has received this blood infection from her mother directly and it's just so annoying and well not annoying but yeah you know she wants to go outside she wants to be normal I will say a lot of these early songs don't really hit the spot like some of the songs in the middle do liked infected um there's a moment there where she sings um my genetics are a bitch or something why oh why are my genetics such a bitch um Mm -hmm. and she like growled that and i was just like yes bitch go up i really really enjoyed that (laughs) i'm infected by your genetics okay yes the reason i was bothered because i was focused on the visuals because right. I guess my brain already heard the songs. And I was like grabbing her head from multiple different angles to show her frustration. And then when her, when it cuts to her father, when he's singing Legal Assassin, he does the same thing. Grabbing his head at multiple angles to show frustration. If you don't believe me, <laughs> it just it 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 killed me. And so I was just like, "What is happening?" I mean, like 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 father like daughter, but yeah. get, why? <laughs> that is such like early nineties, just like music video. Absolutely, it it was just like it was just like wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, this is the character, the dad is who I was call. I was calling him Rupert the whole movie. And I couldn't figure out why I was called. Well, I knew. Okay. I assumed it's either because it was his real name or because it was his name on Buffy. It was his name on Buffy. Um, he played Giles. <laughs> if you watched Buffy, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was like, yes, Rupert. And then like halfway through, I went, Wait, <laughs> did they call him Rupert in this? Why am I calling him that? Um, no, his name is Nathan. Uh, yeah, so that's him. And he's, oh my gosh, I enjoy him so much in this movie. He is so good. He's so good. He really is. Ah, uh, so good. Anyway. Have you on. seen him perform? Um... Rocky? No. I haven't, yes. but I saw that he did. He did play Frankenfurter. I was like, "Whoa, that makes sense." I think a lot of people like haven't seen Repo, so they don't know he can sing, sing. Right. And I'm just like, bruh. 
he can he can do the thing. The talent jumped out. I was just like, wait a minute, <laughs> hang on, <laughs> sir, because I haven't seen the um, Buffy musical episode yet because I haven't gotten to that season yet. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if he sings in it, but like you know, um, hopefully he does. Now I'm like absolutely looking forward to getting there whenever I get back on to Buffy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so good. Oh, fuck. Yes. Anyways. So after Shiloh, we then turn to her father and he is going through his own little thing. Um, we get a cut back. Well, first we get it in comic form. Yes. Okay. Again. (laughs) So we get new note. (laughs) I wrote. Fully thought the comic book choice was to spare us seeing the baby like that. <laughs> uh, that is my note. Because uh, we get it in comic book form, and then they just give it to us again with, like, flesh and blood. And I'm like, what was the point? What was the reason? Mm-hmm. But, yes, he's singing legal assassin he goes through the whole thing of him being responsible for marnie the death of shiloh's mother uh you know shiloh being infected with a blood disease um marnie i need you now my note there was just like dr dad's song goes hard because i was like yes i was living for it then we get to see the kids of Roti. Uh, this is when Mark It Up happens. And oh boy. My note. Is... Not this. Three crying emojis. The brother sister song. Help. Leave me alone. I. For some reason, um, <laughs> what? Right. So in um, Mark It Up, uh, we get to see what the siblings are up to. Hmm. Uh, not a whole lot of good, apparently. Uh, they are. Polly is a face dealer, so he. I don't know. He's like wearing other people's faces all the time, and. Luigi is very aggressive. Yeah. He there's a woman who is rolling out a cart of organs and he stabs her. Just just just. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like Amber dying for the rest and of the song. She has bodyguards. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. Listen this whole moment listen she comes in paris hilton comes in and she's just like where is our dad brothers <laughs> and then just every line after that um i was i was i don't know i was 
deceased? I don't know. Um, one of the brothers is like, my brother and sister should fuck. And I'm like, what is, who, what is happening <laughs> here on this day? I am very confused. I, I love, I love when Luigi climbs the stairs and he's like, I am the one that should be in charge and then rips open his shirt. And then the camera cuts to Pavi for a second. And then you just see Luigi like buttoning his shirt back up. Like yep. it didn't matter. Yep. Like he ripped it open to show off the scar on his chest. And I'm just like. Okay, but you see your brother, like, missing his entire face, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't see. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes. I think these are the vocal performances that weren't as strong as the others. Um, but I very much, very much enjoyed Paris Hilton. Yes, she is. She was turning it out. And I, I think it. a person to enjoy it. I'm not calling Paris Hilton a thing. Good grief. Um, So in between, we have in the background, we keep seeing this person, Blind Mag. She is going to come into full view a bit later. But we just see her on billboards. We can hear her singing. Shiloh uh, watches her on her television. She seems to be... uh, very popular like the voice of the city the next thing that we cut to is roti who is getting into a limo and then we cut back to 17 years ago everything happened 17 years ago so 17 years ago shiloh's mother died now for roti's story 17 years ago apparently him and marnie who is Shiloh's mother and was married to Nathan, were in a relationship. But Marnie fell in love with Nathan and left Roti. And Roti was pissed off about it. So, because uh, Marnie was ill, Roti then, using his connections, switched the medication that Nathan was using to treat his wife's illness and, in fact, poisoned her so that she would die and then he would have Nathan under his thumb because Nathan would think that he killed her and so then he would be to blame but Roti came in and saved him that is the whole plot <laughs> of his of his thing like we li- again we saw it in comic form and then we saw it in real life again <laughs> I love it's such a strange (sighs) choice um that they made to do that um but you know whatever go off (laughs) but he's singing um things you see in the graveyard right again he sang it before when he was going down in the elevator but it comes back where are we i mean we have who I assume is Sarah Brightman singing. Things you see in the graveyard or whatever. Mm. Ah, actually, he also breaks the fourth wall in this song. And I was like, wait, why are you singing to me, you psycho? Like, I don't want this. <laughs> So I forgot to mention that the reason that Roti was getting in the limo is because he had sent a message. I don't know how he had connections to Shiloh's armrest phone 
thing. It's like an Apple Watch, I guess. Were they even like considering? I don't know. <laughs> but it's her wrist uh, computer. And he sent a hologram message to her for her to meet him in the graveyard uh, where her mother was. And she goes, because of course she does. There would be no movement in the story otherwise. The lady bodyguards come in and they drop like a gas canister in her mother's grave. Yep. So that Shiloh can't get the mask on fast enough. So she has to go with them. And Shiloh's just like, listen, I can't be outside. And I'm like, girl, you made this choice already. Mm-hmm. You have to let this happen now. So <laughs> yep. they're in the limo and Rossi, Rossi? That's a different person. Rotti is telling Shiloh that he has potentially a cure for her disease. Um, right. But she has to go with him. And he ends up taking her to like this fair that Jean Co is having. I don't know why anything is happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's here? like a dis. They're they're kind of singing in in together with each other, um, right. but again, I don't know if that's on the soundtrack. Fair, because my next two notes are her talent, which I'm assuming the question mark is me being like her talent. Yes, um. And then my next one was, yes, Roti Singh, yes. Because he said progress. <laughs> when he said that progress, I was like, yes, okay, here we are. He is a singer. <laughs> they were lying to us this whole time. We are here. Okay, got it. <laughs> so before we can get to the fair proper, we cut back to Nathan. And he is doing his repo thing. He's got a man strapped to something or the other this is thankless job he is in the process of doing it and this this is where i was like i was eating and i was like i need to reconsider because <laughs> this man full-on just delves into his intestines and i was like i was good i was fine until he started <laughs> to pull stuff out and i was like wait a minute mm. <laughs> <laughs> Me just like, oh, I like, okay. Oh, I don't know what I expect you're like, from this, but I guess it makes sense. Like, he was like elbow deep in this, and mm. I'm like, I don't know if I listen. I don't know, but um, it's like a bum, 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 bum kind of song, and it's mostly gro- like growling, um, like. <laughs> I can't even do it. Um, But yeah, yeah, that is it. That's perfectly fine. So we get to the fair and it's a bunch of organ traders. It's, I don't fully understand what's happening, but we got an overlay of information that told us that Blind Mag, who again seems to be very popular for the genetic opera, and is like, I guess not the face of Jinko, but she is, her eyes are like a Jinko like, signature mm. uh, device. Like, it's, 
she's so well known because of her ability to sing and the fact that Jean Cole has helped her to see again. Um, yeah. So like but she is planning. Yeah. But she is planning to leave the stage. It's going to be her final show uh, in a few nights. And we get into the fair and we meet the kids again. Ooh, we meet the kids again. Um, but uh, we also see Mag for the first time as the kids are like, well, like Pavi is getting his face replaced by someone and I'm guessing while also getting like favors done and Luigi wants his tea, um, I mean his coffee, but like the one who gets it for him gets it wrong and so Luigi stabs him and then (laughs) Mag appears and is like, stop this, this is insanity and then Amber comes like tries to tell her that she's not the only one that can sing like it's a whole situation that's like not important (laughs) but the the focal point of this is so that we can get Shiloh who is with Roti to meet Mag now Mag upon seeing Shiloh I think just immediately knows who she is because she looks like her mother. And I think Rati then further clarifies who she is as well. Um, But Mag is like completely shocked to see Shiloh there. Now Shiloh, oh sorry, Mag rather, we get her backstory and this is the one time where they don't show it in comic form and then immediately show it in person. Yep. But 17 years ago, <laughs> we have Mag and we have Marnie. Now, Mag is blind. Marnie is a lover of Rotti and Rotti is in charge of Jinko. So, Rotti, using his power and abilities, did surgery and gave Mag new eyes to see. But, as we established in the beginning, nothing from Jinko comes without a contract that is signed in blood. And so, she is sort of bound to Jinko. Her eyes are Jinko's and she can only work for Jinko. And now that she's trying to leave, it's gonna be an issue because she knows that it, it could be like intense trouble and they're having a press conference her and Rotti and she's talking about leaving and Rotti makes a joke about her dying and <laughs> I'm like this is not a joke this is quite serious mm-hmm. to be very fair I forgot what it is they're opening. They cut the ribbon for something, but I forget what it is that's actually being opened at this time. It's like Who knows? not even plot relevant. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't know why any of this is happening, but it's happening in the background. Shiloh gets escorted away into a tent. Um, and 
while she is there, she is just desperate to get back home because she knows that she's not supposed to be there. She's been away. She was just meant to go to the grave and now she's been away for a very long time. She's stuck and her father, meanwhile, gets a message from Roti that he needs to go and do a repo on someone. <laughs> and her alarm, Shiloh's alarm, starts to go off. And they have this back and forth. It's like, what's that noise I hear over your thing? Nothing. Why is someone screaming on your end? Oh, that's a patient. He's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. it's looking grim. <laughs> and I, I, I just love that moment so much but again it's it's all like little things in the movie which i don't think let me check the soundtrack again actually well okay i guess this is like a perfect moment to just say like this is a basic this is an opera um mm-hmm. and therefore like everything is sung but like not everything is a song if that makes yes. sense like not not everything is like a full-on song it's but some sometimes it's just for exposition or dialogue or whatever but like yeah it's not always like (laughs) something that's gonna be in the soundtrack um anyways yes go on shiloh is kind of resigned to the fact that she's kind of stuck in this tent until the grave robber just rips his way (laughs) into the tent for some reason i don't know why um but shiloh upon seeing him realizes that he can probably help her get home. So she goes with him after he picks up a Zydrakon. Um, but as they're leaving, he starts to run into some of the people that know him for what he is. And we also get... Oh, I forgot to mention that Roti got a bit embarrassed because... His daughter, Amber, is meant to be like the head of the Zydrate Support Network. And there was a question posed to him at the press conference about Zydrate addiction. And he turned to Amber, but she was nowhere to be seen. And where was she? Well, she's in this next song. So (laughs) the grave robber goes into this alleyway and there's these people and... (laughs) What does one of them say to Shiloh? She said she something. Asked how okay. Old she... Yeah, and then she like um, basically implies that getting getting surgery led her to sex work. Because my note there is literally yes. okay. Wait, surgery leads to sex work? Is that the implication here? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't. But I don't. I don't know I if don't, I understand. I don't think it's. I don't think the, it's the surgery. I think it's, it's the, the surgery. Yeah. I hadn't like clocked that. I was just like, I, huh? Um, anyways. And then we go into, uh, I wrote, yes, nursery rhymes. Because there's this, this like moment of like, you know? Um, I don't know why. I was just like, that's true. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But it is Zydrate anatomy. Um. 
Um, and Paris comes in at some point, and I wrote yes, Paris, in like exclamation, like cap, like capitals and exclamation. Grave robber, grave robber. Yes. In in the very Paris Hilton singy breath voice. Oh, I I don't know. I just really enjoyed that. I I'm enjoying her performance throughout. <laughs> um, yeah. So the best sibling. Through the song, we get the reveal that Amber Sweet, uh, who had seemed the most normal, if a bit um, more bossy and fussy than her siblings, she's actually a surgery addict um, slash zydrate addict. Yeah. And Shiloh incidentally sings one of Mag's... Uh, songs I think she whistles a tune or something and Amber is immediately set on she 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 despises Mag because I think she gets or got a lot of, of her father's attention um, as the poster child for Jean Co where she wants to be like the singer she wants to be on stage she wants that to be her she wants that attention I think that's why um, she goes through a lot of surgeries because she's craving that attention, uh, which you know was relatable. Uh, I guess. <laughs> so the Gene cops come and essentially break up the Zydrate party. Amber is left there because she's not going to get in trouble because her father owns them. What's what are they going to do? Her bodyguards are just fanning her as everyone runs away. So. Shiloh manages to make it back to her house, get back in her room before her father re-enters from the fireplace and doesn't see her missing. Before they do part, though, Shiloh has gotten and was informed in the song that Mag's eyes are, when she leaves Junko, are going to be repossessed. And I'm guessing she's been very sheltered from the facts of life because she hasn't really had to be exposed to the truth of what repo men do. Yeah. Which is actively come and repossess things while you're still alive and like kill you in the process. Yep. So Rati, after Nathan manages to check on uh, Shiloh and see that she's in bed, Rati calls Nathan to his office directly in order to inform him that he wants him to reclaim Mag's eyes. And Nathan does not want to do that because he is fully aware that Mag and Marnie were friends. So knowing that Marnie was friends with Mag, he doesn't want any part of it, Nathan. And he tries to reject the offer, but... Rati won't allow him, immediately reminding him of the fact that he is the one that is responsible for Marnie's death and that Rati came and fixed things for him Mm -hmm. and he is the reason, like, he even has this job to begin with. How is he going to protect Shiloh and all of these things, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it won't work. Yeah. At which point I wrote, please kill Roddy, <laughs> my guy. 
Like, I hate him. <laughs> I remember... And they're all singing stuff. Da 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 I But it's not enough. To, like, he starts singing, like, in a very Sweeney Todd-esque way. He's, like, my only companion while looking at his knife. But mm-hmm. in opposition to that, he quits. He does not want to do, yeah. <laughs> doesn't want to do this. <coughs> He's like, find someone else. I cannot do this. But because of this, Rati, I think realizing that he doesn't have control over Nathan anymore he just he wants Nathan to be taken out which we'll get into later mm-hmm. um, meanwhile Mag who like she saw a ghost when she saw Shiloh in that jean fair yeah. so she goes to their house and is at the gate, and Shiloh, who is, like, she doesn't mean to let her in, but she does, because she doesn't let her into the house initially, but then she does, yep. and I'm just like, she's like, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers, but I'll let you into the gate, and then into my house, and then, you know, we can, like, talk and stuff, but, like, you're not, you have to, like, leave, but, like, also stay, please. Yep. <laughs> I don't see many people. Um, at which point I wrote, yes, Sarah Brightman, harmonize with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But we get the information from Mag that she is Shiloh's godmother. She was friends with, I mean, we already knew that she was friends with Marnie, Mm -hmm. but we did not know that Nathan had told Mag that Shiloh had died, which I don't know why. He did that. Like, I don't see what harm it would have done to having Mag around. I think... Like, she doesn't... I think because of her close relation to Rati, maybe? Like, because she's, like, kind of under his whatever, <laughs> his employment. But, like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean... I, Maybe he just is too protective. Like, he didn't really trust that she would be able to keep that secret, whether or not she wanted to, you know? I mean, later on, we find out, like, what Nathan actually did to, like, make sure that Shiloh never left. But it's it's a lot. And it's probably because he thought that if he couldn't keep Shiloh like to himself, someone would find out what he was doing. What he was doing, we'll get into later. But mm-hmm. um, she might have realized what he was doing, sure, and then he wouldn't have been able to keep Shiloh the way that he has for the last seventeen years, which is like, keeping her in her room away from everyone else. Yeah, that's fair as well. Or a combination of the but, two things um, we just said. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> but we get chased the morning uh, during this during this scene, which I I did not know that's the words that were being said <laughs> until the end. I was like, oh, okay. I can't I can't hear when people sing 
that high in soprano. The words aren't, they don't make sense to me. Just when Mag is deciding to leave, we turn and Nathan is there. He's come back and Mag is like the last person he wants to see right now. He's just like, he's literally left his job because of her. Mm-hmm. Like out of respect of his uh, dead wife. <laughs> and now she's in his house and he knows that she's like, she's in trouble and he does not want the trouble here. So he tries to push her out there's like a three-way uh fight that's going on after he's managed to push mag out of the door uh shiloh starts to struggle against him because she wants mag to come back she wants more answers she wants to know things and he's just he's kept her so sheltered from everything he wants she wants him to help her in some way because now she's aware of repo men and things like that which he did not want to because he is a repo man and he knows what that means yeah and how people look at them so it's i mean they do terrible things they, they look at them very appropriately <laughs> yeah. i mean saying. yeah he is not he is not in any way being discriminated against no <laughs> It's really not. He starts singing about how she's 17 and she's a child. And the line that she says when she's like, yeah, I'm only 17, but it's better than 40. (laughs) And then there's just a light change. (laughs) And she changes clothes and then she's just the rock star now. And she just loses it. This is where Joan Jett appears, by the way. Um, Because there's just like a moment where the guitarist is just like too focused on and you're like uh-huh that is obviously somebody right and so my first thought was Joan Jett um and I was correct <laughs> um but yeah I was just like oh okay sure this is happening now 17 um yeah, it's a fun time. It's like a fun, like, ah, shake your limbs type song. But at the end of it, Nathan slaps her? Yeah. <laughs> like, he slap, He, like, slaps Shia. He slaps the like, fantasy right out of her. <laughs> and we're back to normal. Like, he, he like, knocks her unconscious, I think. Because <laughs> she's weak. Yeah. So, she gets put to bed. Uh, meanwhile, back at Jean Co, Vati, who has the best wig in the movie, <laughs> is getting dressed. He has a lace front, y'all. He like puts that shit on it. The hairline disappears. It like he didn't have to like glue it down or anything. <laughs> it's amazing. But he puts on his wig and you get to like actually see like how his disease is affecting him like he has like marks on his skin that he covers up with foundation and amber comes in 
and she's complaining about how she's been wrecked by the latest sturgeon and her father is trying to convince her and probably has in the past that this is not the way to get what she wants like this is not the way to happiness yeah though i take that advice very like with a grain of salt from from a man who has built his empire on lies and the bodies and organs yeah of lots and lots of people yeah so i mean it's one of those things of um, like um you're a parent like obviously i don't have any personal experience with this but like where a parent um is for instance like um the head of like the mob where they sell drugs or whatever and then their child doing drugs and then being like not you <laughs> like that kind of thing <laughs> like you're not allowed um, but everybody else yes eventually after seeing her actual face like how badly she was like scarred up by this latest surgery yeah he allows her to go to his team to fix her face which before her what a shoddy job that but evening we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> we will get there um i mean they they didn't have a lot of time i guess um but after she leaves roti is writing his will while singing the song gold and in it he makes Shiloh his sole beneficiary, which I find so strange. After this uh, naming Shiloh as his beneficiary, he sends a message to Shiloh while she's still kind of out of it, which her father, Nathan, overhears. And at this moment, he realizes that Roti is sort of manipulating the situation. He doesn't know to what extent, uh, but he realizes that Roti is trying to get Shiloh from him. That's that's the whole thing. If he can't have him, then he's going to have Shiloh. And he doesn't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Shiloh still receives the... Like, he puts it on a billboard, Roti, so that she will see this message for certain, mm. like his floating sky billboard, to meet him, meet him, uh, to go to his car, so that she can meet him at the opera. <sighs> Boy, boy, howdy! <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's so much. Yeah. Um, also, when she gets in in his car, like there's a dress that belonged to her mother that he's st- seventeen years, <laughs> and he has that dress that her mother had I to mean, give to her. Seventeen years, he's been like putting the the man who she left him for in like like keeping him under his thumb. So like. I'm not too surprised with him keeping a dress for 17 years. He's a man with not only a grudge, but kind of a pathological obsession. The next song we get is uh, At the Opera Tonight, which is great. 
Okay, well, there's a bit where they go, something, 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 they're all singing whatever it is that they're gonna do, and then it's like, at the opera tonight, and then like a Greek chorus from somewhere is like, repo man, or whatever. Um, (laughs) There's that. (laughs) I think this is happening in tandem with Nathan being pursued by the gene cops, and they're like trying to take him out. I completely forgot that um, the grave robber speaks to us not just again at the end, mm-hmm. but he like speaks to us during this bit. Yep, as this well is as just like the directly. note that I made about this not being my favorite part. <laughs> just like the expositional, expositional singing is dot 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 not the best part of this movie? Question mark? Question mark? So. But it is very classic to opera. Yeah, like, no, I know. Ex- the, it's not, I'm not like, like they w- penalizing them for it. I'm just saying of the things that I enjoy in this movie, that is not one of them. Nathan is trying to get away from the gene cops. He's donned his repo material. He is coming uh, for Roti now so that he does not take his daughter away. A lot of things start happening at once. Oh yeah, the opera happens. Amber, yeah, Amber starts to sing. <laughs> Paris Hilton comes and performs, and the shoddy surgery job that I mentioned earlier um, is in full force. <laughs> She's attempting to keep her face up, and it is peeling off. And it was sending me into orbit. And I literally, I just, I, it was just a moment and everybody was very horrified but I found it really funny um I was like you can what the fuck like these were the surgeons that were meant to be better wow okay oh cool 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 and then she's embarrassed and runs off but yeah Shiloh has been like shown a film of a repo man and it's like who is this man you know, it's very lucky that my gene cops were there to protect you when he arrived. You should kill this repo man. Da 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 da. You know, because that's, that, that's how that works. Anyway, so she's kind of locked in this room. And she can't get out, you know, again. That's just her life. Mm-hmm. That's her entire life is just being locked in rooms. And then it's Mag's performance. And Mag is singing Chromagia, which I won't make you sing. (laughs) I feel like it's hard enough. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's an opera song. She's just going... And then there's bits where she's like in the stratosphere um, vocally. um, And then... (laughs) There's like a moment, she takes like a moment, and then she gets back onto her harness thing, and then she starts singing in English, and then she like pokes her eyes out. (laughs) And I was like, Mm -hmm. huh, okay. (laughs) Right, I see. Because right before she pokes her eyes out, I'm like, why does she have two long fingernails? (laughs) Why does, is that a stylistic thing? And then, just as I'm asking that question, uh, she she does the deed, and I'm like, I see. Okay, 
cool. This is where we're at. Um, and because she's kind of like rebelling, I guess, or whatever. Like, ha, huh, you yes. can take these eyes. I don't give a fuck anymore. And they're like, sorry, sis, you still got to die. And they like uh, cut her harness or whatever. And she falls onto like a gate and pierced through it. And she just sort of yes. dies there. The audience is horrified, um, of course, <laughs> for the second time that night. Uh, what a wild time. Imagine going to that opera. Like, <laughs> and the opening act well, has, like, is. a face fall off. And then, like, the main act <laughs> is murdered in front of your eyes. Like, I know, like, everybody's doing surgery and shit, but, like, you're not expecting to see that on fucking stage. Like, I don't know. No, that is true. But the thing is, they do that, and then Rotti comes out, and, like, she's still impaled, and he's like, close the curtains. It's all part of the show. And then the next act, like, trying to convince people, like, there's not just, like, a a dead woman there. Yeah. and the audience stays, and I'm not sure what I would do <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I've seen someone die on stage, but the Master of Ceremonies has informed me that it is part of the show. So, do I leave? <laughs> I mean... See, I would be like, she. this was highly advertised as her final show. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd be, and like, this is a society in which, like, this master of ceremonies that we're talking about is, like, actively taking back the organs that you're unable to pay for, right? At that point, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, they did just fucking kill her. Why would you think otherwise, my guys? Like, hello? <laughs> People are being murdered every but, single day um, on the behalf of these like, people. Maybe it's just like an artistic expression, you know? Like, she gouged her eyes out to symbolize her returning to a time when it was more simple rather than her having the Jean Co eyes because she's known as Blind Mag. So she's going back to her roots and then, you know, she's dying on stage because, you know, the whole, like, dying on stage kind of a thing. It's just, I don't know. I, don't know, I would probably <laughs> rationalize myself to death. <laughs> fair <laughs> to enough. To be very honest. That's fair. I, I'd be, like, too conspiracy theory about it. And I'd be like, I don't know about you, sheeple. I gotta go. <laughs> Cutting back to Shiloh. Uh she is locked in this room but a repo man appears and she hits him with a shovel but surprise it's her father and they get into a back and forth argument this is let the monster rise didn't i something something a statement didn't i you did you did and they go back and forth with that of like accusing the other of something and then both of them being like, yes, however, she feels very betrayed. Her dad is like a whole repo man and everything. Her whole life has been turned upside down. Yeah. She runs off, um, 
especially after uh, getting video evidence that Mag is dead now because she had asked him to help her and now Mag is dead. So she runs off, he runs after her, he heads to the stage and he gets there first. Uh, seeing Mag, he gets his, I don't know what part of the leg Luigi cuts, but he like hamstrings him, I think. He's down on the ground, Shiloh appears, and they're like, what's, what's happening? What's going on? Why are you doing this? I don't trust you, father, even though I see you bleeding on the fake snow. I, (laughs) it's like, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I would put my trust into the man whose son just like slice and diced my father's like but you know like the, the, and the one who's like still the face is not his mm-hmm. so you know concern but you know yeah. she's 17 she can make her own decisions i guess that but also so, like i don't know again her world's just been turned upside down she doesn't know what the fuck to think anymore um i i suppose that's that's fair but the curtains open and the Rotties are very busy convincing the crowd that this is a show. This is part of a show. They get the audience to start to participate in like the back and forth they're having. It turns into a spectacle. This event and Rotti, as in Rotti Largo, is... I keep saying the Rotties like it's their last name, but their last name is the Largos. Yeah. But you know who I mean. Mm-hmm. So Roti is telling Shiloh that her father has been lying to her because she's not actually sick. Her father is the one who has poisoned her in, and is responsible for the way that she is now. And she, her mind is blown. Like it's a whole, like her world keeps getting topsy turvied. Yeah. Like, what an eventful week. But, truly, truly. But it was all an attempt to keep her safe. And then we just flash back through the whole movie. Like, we just go through, like, the whole movie again in, like, a minute. Mm -hmm. While Shiloh tries to resist the poison in her system from, like, taking over. Like, Rotti's like, you have to fight through. And I'm like, what does she have to fight through? I don't understand. And I feel so I felt so bad for her, not her Shiloh, her Alexa Vega because she's lying in this puddle of fake blood, right? And I know it's freezing because the fake blood is always cold. It's never warm. <laughs> it's always and it's just all across her back and her hands. And I'm just like that girl is freezing to death. It does not matter how many stage lights there are. I know that she is cold and sticky. (laughs) It is the worst. Um, But when she wakes up, her father is like strapped to a chair and it's revealed that Roti is going to give Jinko to her if she kills her father. And she gives her a gun. And I don't understand what he expected her to do. Like, sure, 
it's her father's fault that he that she's been trapped, you know, for the last 17 years. Yeah. But that doesn't inspire murder. Like, I think he's just lived around the wrong people for a very long time. Like, his, Luigi is a bad influence. Because I don't... Yeah. <laughs> she, why would she just up and kill him? It makes no sense to me. But Yeah, I mean, I think with all of the revelations of like he's the reason that the mom died as well because i'm pretty sure he says that um i think he thinks after being like he's the reason you don't even have a mom on top of the fact that he's the reason that you're like stuck in this place and you think that you're sick when you're not because he's like fucking poisoning you and so i think he expects her to be like, actually, not only is my whole life a lie, not only is my dad just murdering people left and right, my whole life, like, I just, me, I just, I've been a ca- in a cage for what? For who? You know? And then, like, bang, bang, in the heat of the moment. But, like, she takes more, a little bit more thought than he thought she would take. There we go. Yes. So seeing that Shiloh is not going to do the deed herself and feeling his time quickly approaching, Roti takes it into his own hands. He grabs the gun from Shiloh and when the lights black out, he shoots Nathan, I think like twice, in the chest. When it comes back up, Shiloh runs over to her father and Roti is dying he falls um he's like gene Coe's without an heir disowning his kids and then he dies i'm upset <laughs> this man does not get like he mm, he almost gets what he wants basically and that's <laughs> it and that we're just supposed to accept that I'm sorry. Where's the catharsis? Let the girl know that this man poisoned her mom and then blamed it on her dad so that he could enslave him to murder people. Hello? We're just gonna let that scoot on by? I haven't let it scoot on by, but not I'm you. To think of a way that no, no, but I'm, I'm trying to think of a way of how that would have been revealed organically. No one would have known that that happened except for Roti. Sure, and I thought the revelation was actually going to happen so much earlier, which obviously wouldn't have made sense. But like, because there's a moment where he's like waiting for her or whatever, and he's like basically doing that supervillain thing of saying. And I did this, and no one will find out. And I thought, okay, that's what's going to happen later. He'll be like, ha, 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 yes, I've almost gotten exactly what I wanted. And then, like, lay out the whole plan. I know it would have been contrived, but I would have at least been like, okay. You know, people know that he sucks. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It just upset me. I was like, oh, I need a catharsis, but they didn't give it to me. They just, like, gave me a sad-ass scene with the father and daughter. Oh, my God. I was so upset. I was, like, so sad. 
<laughs> that is, I didn't know I'd love you so much. I don't know I love you so much. I don't know I love you so much. Like, my note was just like, wow, my heart crying emoji. <laughs> it was genuinely sad. <laughs> I wasn't sure about, like, Alexa Vega versus um, Anthony had like their chemistry as like father and daughter. Yeah. But then I saw that scene and I was like, oh, so it took me to the end of this movie to actually be like, oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they, they, they worked that, that moment mm. in that song worked really well. Mm. And I was like, like, her hands are so small. They had to like cradle his head. She had to cradle his head with both hands yeah. to keep it up. It was like <laughs> it's literally. I was very, very, very genuinely sad. <laughs> like... I can see that. <laughs> um, but yes, so that happens, and then she like stands up and walks out, and the spotlight follows her. Yeah, she's sick because she's singing genetic emancipation now. She's like, mm -hmm. she's finally free of all of the things, things she didn't even know about, but she's free of them now. And she's going to forge her own future. She rejected Roti's um, will so she doesn't inherit Gene Co. Yeah. So it's just she's gonna forge her own life. I don't know what she's gonna do, but she's gonna do it. Yeah. Etc. Um, that's what she sings, and yeah, and then like the children <laughs> of Roti are like, yeah, okay. So, what I assume was, like, the will prior to him deciding this thing that he decided takes into effect, I guess, because the contract was not completed with her murdering her father. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then we get, like, some more... We get, like, the final, like, <laughs> comic book um, endings of, like, hey, this is what happened to these people. And then the movie's over. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then, like, the ending was, like, still part of the story. It took me, like, a little bit to clock in to that. Like, the credit songs were still telling some kind of story. Because, mm -hmm. um, like, I left it playing while I was, like, I don't know what I was doing, setting myself up. Um, then I, like... I was like, wait a minute, are they still telling me stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Let's get into the ratings. Alright. So, music and choreography. Um, unless it's like a strictly, like, really camp musical, there tends not to be a whole lot of choreo in them. Mm. Uh... So with this, there wasn't much choreo excepting for, and it's not really like 
dance choreo it's more like movement choreo where you have like a lot of bodies interacting with each other yeah uh like in zydrate anatomy so for music i will say that it has i don't listen to much opera but this is very much like uh it's it's a more classic opera but using modernish rock techniques so yeah. some things work more than others mm-hmm. and some things are more pleasing to the ear than others because of this mm-hmm. so i would say for music i'm going to give it with some of the stronger songs pulling it up 3.5 magzies okay yes all right um yeah i enjoyed quite a bit of this music we i said earlier like it is very much an opera um it's a rock opera in the way that phantom of the opera really isn't (laughs) if that makes sense like, if that's your sort of, if your reference point is, like, Phantom of the Opera, think very much more opera in its structure um, while still keeping that sort of, like, rock sound um, with occasional, like, Sarah Brightman <laughs> doing her thing. Um, doing doing actual. Actual, actual opera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it is like a very enjoyable, I, like I said before, I very much enjoyed Anthony, let me get his full name out, Anthony Heed. Um, I really, really enjoyed I his thought, performance. I thought his name was just Head. Is his or name Head. Stewart Head. It could be Head. <laughs> I just like didn't read it as that, you know, sure. You know, I've never heard it said out loud. Um, but so like Anthony, (laughs) he did a Mm -hmm. really great job. Um, Alexa, you know, she had her, some really great moments. I couldn't help, but like for a little bit wish that it was Taylor Momsen, but like Alexa's five (laughs) years older than we are. So like, uh, I think we, I, Taylor was like what, this is 2008, and was probably filmed in, like, 2007? So, 14. So, she would have been too young, I think, maybe. But, like, the very following year after this movie, like, her band became a thing. So, like, you know, I don't know. So, I I, I couldn't help but wish that that was the case, but I also understand that, like, you know, whatever. Um, Alexa did a great Mm -hmm. job. I loved Paris Hilton. Um, Her performance (laughs) was a great time. As with Sarah Brightman. So, yeah. The music and the performances of that music were, were a really great time. And I will I will also give 3.5 Mag's Eyes. So, for story, a lot of things happen in this movie that are deemed necessary for visuals, but really aren't. And I'm not just talking about them using that comic book to tell the story and then <laughs> telling the story again yeah. in song. 
because you know that's a choice that they made i feel like they were gonna use it for like a couple and then they realized they needed to do it a few more times like but they'd already filmed the stuff as well so yeah i don't know but i compared it earlier to i compared some of the characters to sweeney todd counterparts because we just did sweeney todd the thing i like about Shiloh in this is that even if she doesn't actively know what she's doing she's still making choices for herself Mm. and still kind of getting somewhere with them whereas with Joanna in Sweeney Todd like she tries to make a choice and is like actively thwarted at every turn like she cannot afford to think for herself without someone just stopping her and her father is not present Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Shiloh's father is very present in but he is a stopping force but it doesn't stop her story I don't know how to describe that in a different way like he is there as a preventative measure to try and keep her inside but her story still gets a chance to evolve like she still gets a chance to go and break out and be a person a bit more than Joanna ever did like she is having the adventure that we might have gotten from Joanna at the end of Sweeney Todd that is what's happening right um And I I appreciate that. A lot of the background repo stuff, a lot of the gore I could have done without. But, you know, that's just me, personally. Uh, But I I enjoyed, like, the world building that they did and, like, having their facts and, like, having these, like, really outlandish characters still be kind of relevant to the story i mean like i feel like they could have done without one of the brothers like they could have combined the two brothers into one person and it would have been fine yeah i will give it 3.75 i'll give it 3.75 side rate guns for story all right um yeah the story went along there was maybe like 10 minutes where I zoned out and I made a note about that I was like "Ooh, I think I zoned out what happened yeah I agree there are like some things that they could have sort of cut out um in terms of like they weren't super necessary to happen um in order to tell this like to move the story along um like yeah you mentioned the comic punk versus real life thing which is like i mean even if they'd filmed it they could have made the executive decision to be like we've already told this part of the story but maybe they wanted to keep the run run time that would give them because uh, it's like only an hour and 37 minutes long um including mm-hmm. credits so maybe yeah, so maybe that was a thing that they thought about um, in terms of why they kept those scenes. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an okay story. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, 
it happened. Oh, great. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to go the other way, 3.25. Zydrate. Zydrate? My brain was like. A glass vial, yes. Yeah, my brain was like, absolutely not. You don't know what that word is anymore. <laughs> and overall enjoyment, I enjoyed myself. I mean, apart from like that one moment, 30 seconds, 30 minutes where I, I mentioned, I was just like, Ooh. but you know, it was good. Like I, I wasn't bored with it. Like mm-hmm. you can be bored with some of these musicals. Also, I think because it was on the shorter side of some of the movies that we've done. So... Yeah. It wasn't so bad to sit through uh, as a whole. It didn't take very long. So that's a bonus for it. If you, if you, if one of the reasons why you don't watch musicals is because it's long, it has the runtime of an average movie from like the early, um, the early 90s. <laughs> so, because I can't talk about the 2000s. Everything got much longer. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's true. Movies got longer. Like, they used to be longer, and then they got progressively shorter when we entered the 80s. And then from the 80s to the late 90s, the runtime average was about an hour and 30 to an hour and 40. And then, after we hit the 2000s, around about 2006, everything got longer again. And now we have movies clocking in at 2 hours and 30 minutes, and they don't give intermissions like they used to do in the past. Mm -hmm. So you know you're... (laughs) I'm I'm derailing. I'm derailing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the track. <laughs> but I was saying that I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to give this a rating <laughs> of I'll give it, I'll give it I'll give it a 4. Yeah, I think. I'll give it four wigs. Four even wigs. Um, I did enjoy it quite a lot. I was rocking out. I was on the floor for most of it, actually. <laughs> I watched the entire thing lying <laughs> on the floor for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it, like, a lot. Um, I was not scared or worried, but, like, kind of like, ooh, <laughs> well, I like this, um, you know, because what I'd never, ever, ever heard of it um, until you, like, mentioned it to me. And also, mm-hmm. I, like, yeah. And also, like, I think it seemed like it was going to be a lot. And, and it was. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's not like a stroll in the park. Um, it's not like, oh, sunshine and rainbows. Um, it's obviously, like, a fucking, like, it's, it's it's a movie about people dying <laughs> all the time, you know? Um, but yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's, I think, confirms to me a little bit that, like, the sort of rock, the, like, sort of um, harder rock aesthetic um, in terms that, you, that, this movie has um yeah like <laughs> the cursed movie could have done it <laughs> like it, you know what i mean because okay. like and i don't, don't okay. want to like fucking like whoever wrote 
the movies I don't remember, but like I'm not like saying they're trash or anything like that. But like you know how I wasn't really a big fan of the um, uh, the villain and the just the sound of the villain in contrast to everything that was going on. Um, <laughs> and I think. Like I said before with that, and it's not really a review about that, but like I said before with that, is that they tried a lot of things and didn't commit to any of them and therefore didn't really succeed personally for me in any of those areas. Um, whereas this, like like I said, it just fully confirmed that like it really didn't matter what like the sound was. It just, it mattered what, that they like fully threw themselves into this, world and yes. and they were like you know come with us or not like you can like check out right at the beginning and be like this is not for me and that's great but um they like fully committed to it and that is something i really really admire and i really 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 enjoyed about this um and so i will give it um 3.75 wigs obsessions these are our obsessions Thank you so much. So, this is the segment where we... (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Well, this is the section of the podcast where we tell you things that we really, really enjoyed this week, musical, well, theater-related, really. Um, Or sometimes it's just like the a time for us to say news that caught our eye and today that's the day uh today's the day where i don't really have a thing where i'm like ooh, i really enjoyed this person's thing you know um and so here are a couple of uh, not announcements but things that caught my eye thing one uh, the first two things i don't think aren't aren't musical theater however Anyways, um, Lincoln Center is making past productions available for for streaming. Um, they're going to be putting up like some of the plays that they have, you know, pro shots of. Uh, probably like Google that, like Google Lincoln Center Theater to see specifically how and where to find that. Um, but that is a thing that is happening. Some theater. Another theater thing that I found uh, that I liked was um, Roundabout Theater Company is launching a new program um, where they will be doing readings. Um, like this year, they're going to be doing readings by uh, black playwrights, and next year they'll they'll be focusing on Latinx playwrights. Um, I think that's cool. Again, that's the Roundabout Theater Company look them up um and these readings will be like available to watch online for free by the way um then two musicals that i I, you know are happening uh the (laughs) devil wears prada um musical has a new date uh this is announced hella a long ago but i just caught on to it so here we go um in july of 2022 uh, it'll be, I think it's going straight to Broadway. No, I'm lying. They're going to be doing their pre-Broadway run in Chicago. The thing that is going straight to Broadway and skipping Chicago is Once Upon a, 
Once Upon a One More Time, the Britney Spears jukebox musical, uh, based on the stories of fairy tale princesses. That, like I said, will be skipping their Chicago run. They were going to do previews there and going straight to Broadway. Um, it says in 2021, it does not say when specifically. Also, did not know this, but Sony Pictures acquired the rights of the film adaptation of this musical that has not even had previews. So, I hope it's good. <laughs> um, but that is, those are the news. That is what's happening, what's hot and happening in theater. Um, as far as, you know, I'm uh, curious about currently in the heights is now moving one week earlier it's gonna premiere on june 11th and not the 18th on hbo oh that's cool we love that for them all right oh i saw that prince of egypt was coming back but that's about it (laughs) oh yeah i saw that too i guess that brings us to the end of the episode uh Thank you for listening and coming along with us on this murder march ride. We're going to be taking it super, super easy next month um, because we're going to head straight back into insanity in May. So (laughs) April's going to be a little bit of reprieve for those of you who may not. um, For those of you who aren't necessarily into musicals that aren't bubblegummy if that makes sense i don't know <laughs> whatever anyway thank you for listening um you can catch us on uh instagram and twitter at tmm tmm podcast on tumblr at tell me more tell me more podcast dot tumblr dot com you can email us at tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com you can listen to our favorite songs from some of the movies that we watch if you type in tmm tmm podcast on spotify and go to the profile and not the podcast itself you will get um playlists for every year that this podcast has existed and then the songs that we've liked from the movies that we covered in that year in those playlists um we also do have a patreon I swear to God, we will, like, that is something that we're going to come back to uh, once both of us have time. But, you know, you can, like, keep an eye on it to see if if and when we post stuff. Um, and you can find that at patreon.com forward slash TMM, TMM podcast. Um, I think that's all of the things. Is it? Yes. Cool. All right. Catch you next month. Thank you for listening. For Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast, I have been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Adicia. Goodbye. Goodbye.